0: Welcome to another episode of this streaking lawn podcast once again my name is Pierce, and once again i have caroline with me this evening caroline hello hey what's up hey not much it's just us this evening dear listeners so uh strap in for y- your usual hosts <laughs> sans any f- guests or expertise <laughs> otherwise the <that, laughs> other people bring but...
1: the real ones listen to the two of us talk yeah
0: also. I we got plenty to talk about with the who's uh, back in the win column after a complete destruction of the Blue Devils in Charlottesville last weekend. Um, can I
1: saw it coming like that, for being well, honest.
0: You can say that I saw it coming like that because it's exactly what I said would happen on last week's <laughs> podcast.
1: I dramatic? said
0: I said by multiple touchdowns at least, but more importantly, I said it was going to be turnovers that were going yeah. to crush it for EVA because yeah. they were due a big turnover game and the defense.
1: did that happen! <laughs> the
0: defense listened to me uh, and they forced what three fumbles. And uh, picked off uh, Duke twice. So, yeah. I mean, just a, a completely dominating performance by the defense uh, and a relatively strong performance overall, at least by yeah. the offense. You know, it took a little bit to get going, um, but did yeah, some of the four. stuff that we've been looking for and and executed um, enough to. to you know score plenty of points uh, against a completely overmatched duke team I, you know i i don't often read uh, other teams message boards or anything like that so i haven't i do some i'm not gonna lie i do sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but i uh, i didn't for this and i i am curious out there what what the response um to this shellacking has to be for the for the blue devil faithful i know uh, our friends of the podcast uh, on Twitter have been uh, fielding some of those opinions. But anyway, UVA fans must be feeling good. Uh, Darns, how are you feeling after this?
1: Dang. I mean, that was great outside of, you know, the the big questions that we had or I had going into that game or, you know, what were you going to see out of the red zone offense and your, to your point about the t- uh, turnovers. Um, and I think both of those things were answered pretty emphatically, mean, not as emphatically turnovers was answered emphatically obviously that's not something that you can just easily replicate and say like okay that's what we're going to do this week just cause a whole bunch more fumbles and interceptions and everything will be easy peasy but going seven for nine in the red zone with one being a um that first drive was tough and and brutal just in the sense that people were really looking for Virginia to score a touchdown for the first time in seven quarters and so it was tough to see like a really really solid drive again and without any points, this one being a Bryce Perkins uh, interception in the end zone, Um, the other being a turnover on downs. But seven for nine with five rushing touchdowns, um, it's hard to get mad at that, especially since you definitely saw different looks on offense in the red zone. You saw Bryce Perkins lined up different ways. You saw Wayne Talapapa being used different ways, the lead blockers like P.K. Kyer and he did. He had a great – I think Lamont, Lamont Atkins as well, potentially. I don't remember exactly watching it from um, we were in work travel in Chicago. But um, you saw performances from groups that you really wanted to see better performances from, and I liked a lot of the design runs from Perkins. Um, granted, the Duke defense was probably unbelievably tired mm-hmm. <laughs> because they were on the field a lot. Um, and really the big story of that game was how good the Virginia defense was when you hold an FBS team to no red zone. They didn't get in the red zone at all. Like they, That's so impressive. Um, but they
0: really couldn't do anything except uh convert fake punts <laughs> It seems Yeah, that to <laughs> the they were letting that's
1: true that is absolutely true that was dude, like they dude. should have just run the all fake punt offense in the second half and
0: that first fake punt I so can't tell going back and watching it if it was a designed no, fake or yeah
1: yeah and then the second one I thought he got a little cocky and was like I can do it again and
0: oh, did well. it. I don't know I mean he right. did it so yeah, he did <laughs> it. Like, like, like good for him He <laughs> apparently we're, we're uh Bad at stopping that punter <laughs> from yeah, getting I'm, enough yardage, but yeah. you know I, I, I'm i not too stressed out about that until I see it in a moment that matters uh, for sure. But Quentin Harris just was awful on the day, and and uh, UVA's defense should take a lot of that uh, yeah. you know to, into account. It should be taken how good UVA's defense probably played, um, but only 88 yards passing. I mean that just in its own right is is Shocking and a QBR of eleven, which is back to what we wanted to see um, from Miami quarterbacks. (laughs) And And, I mean,
1: he was fifty percent on the day too. So he only completed thirteen passes for those eighty-eight yards. It's just, uh, it was. I just the defense was so fantastic. Like I don't, and it's a big statement, obviously, coming out and having a performance like that. We're only. 118 yards um really a a chunk of that being in garbage time Mm -hmm. um to a team when you lose Bryce Hall the first full game that you don't have your starting all American corner to come out and get a good performance from both Nick Grant and Mm -hmm. Devante Cross I thought was really important um and so just the way that Snowden was everywhere. Mack was everywhere. Joey Blunt was everywhere. Like, literally, I just – I can't imagine having had to watch that as a – I guess maybe that's how Duke fans probably felt, how Virginia fans felt in the second half against Notre Dame. We are just like, how is this possible that nothing is going? Like, not a single thing is going right. Um, And then you add on top of that, like, you've got Joe Reed out there returning, (laughs) like, punts for touchdowns right after you make it 27 yard yeah 27 27 uh, um not that a 20 point lead is still like oh easy peasy they're right back in it but you know things happen you score quickly it could be more of a game and he mm-hmm. responds immediately with another great um kick return mm-hmm.
0: only one sack on the day for the who's but um yeah you know, here's a mobile guy and so it sort of makes sense plus they were trying to get the ball out uh, quickly, I think, because of the pressure that the UBA was bringing. Uh, so, you know, so speaking of stepping up with Bryce Hall's injury, Chris Moore led the team in tackles. Yeah, uh, coming in in the defensive backfield there uh, with 12. I mean, that's that's huge and allows. Uh, I don't know the team w- with Cross shifting over with Nick Grant playing well uh, and obviously Nelson playing well. Still, so it it, it, it is sort of that next man. Up, Mm -hmm. and and not that you can replace an all-American, but as a unit, you can still probably produce uh, a good enough result uh, to to make up for it. And and they did. Um, And I think it it'll be interesting to see how this defense in particular continues to stack up against the mid-tier ACC teams. Yeah. Um or you know if they get to play Clemson if they're lucky enough to to make that championship game, uh, it might illustrate the the difference between this very good defense playing against strong competition right. versus playing against its usual competition, which which we match up well against because it's a good defense, right? And it, it almost reminds me of uh, overall, not just the defense, but of the basketball team's uh, progress as as a program yeah. at that point where hopefully they're taken care of now, um, you know, teams that they should be taken care of. But when you get into the ACC – you play really well because the system is designed really well to be a good team against opponents on your level or around your level. And the way you get outmatched against more talented teams does start to um, only happen against those teams that have all of that. So like how the basketball team would pull the upset here and there, of course, but usually when they were losing, they were losing because they were losing to, um, you know, top recruit, duke team or or syracuse at the time or uh carolina etc so it it i think it bodes well for where we are um on both sides of the ball but particularly the defense just looks like they're going to uh, outplay most of their peers
1: yeah it it's just so nice to see especially you know it's there are a lot of I've, i've thought a lot about the comparisons between basketball and football lately just because of the bringing in a defensive specialist. That's what Broncos known for. And really when you see now that he's getting his pieces into what he wants to do, how much of a difference that makes um, with what's happening on the field. And then just having kids that are so bought in and, t- and these are guys that are developing within the system that are coming in as two stars, three stars. And once you start getting those better players, then it can only get better. I mean, this is a top 15 defense nationally, and they're tied for third with total number of sacks on the season. Actually, Pitt was number one. I was looking at this today. They have mm, 36 sacks, yeah. and I was like, I get that. Like, they got to Bryce, per- Bryce Perkins. I was like, okay, I get it. Um, but you look at the rest of the teams that are up there, and it's the Ohio States, the Penn States, the Clemsons, the mm-hmm. Floridas of the world. So Virginia is performing – Grand, you make say what you will, like Florida has to play L S U and Virginia played Duke or whatever you want to say, but um they're performing as to what people expect and, and up there with some of those good things. So now the question is like right. is the offense going to be able to keep up with that, that it's the same exactly the same thing with basketball. <laughs> that defense keeps you in the game long enough to figure out what you're trying to do on offense and if you can make it work. And against Duke, they clearly made it work. And I'm curious your take on the run 154 rushing yards is the most of Virginia's put up this season against an FBS team. Mm. Do you think that was a flash in the pan thing? Or do you think, because now going into the next three games per, I was looking, I think it was Bennett, Collin again, from daily progress. Those are they're the next three competitors are the three worst rushing defenses. Right. In the conference. So Louisville, um, UNC and Georgia tech. And the best one that they'll face still is seventh, which is Virginia tech so mm-hmm. is this something where okay they just played well because duke was tired mm-hmm. and they and actually i thought the game plan offensive game plan was very good um when it came to where and when and how they used um the rush mm-hmm. uh, and where they used deception and and reverses there was a really nice i think it was Tavars kelly had the um, reverse that went for like 17 yards or something but mm. I'm curious your take what you think of the rush game
0: no I see what you're saying is is this indicative of just a team that was getting their ass beat not not yeah. wanting to, <laughs> to stop Virginia from running the ball which they were clearly focused on doing which is what you should do um, with the lead and, and, and it, it it has that same sort of boa constrictor uh, effect that we talk about the basketball team and I mean the yeah. boa constrictor in basketball is, is more the defense but you frustrate the team with the defense and it leads to you being able to execute your offense uh, yeah. efficiently. Um, Cause you know, for a thousand reasons mentally and otherwise um, I, I think I'm leaning towards assuming this, this is an indication of sort of what we were just saying that against the, the mid tier ACC or even lower tier ACC this offense is going to be good enough and productive enough to gain that momentum that the defense is bringing up. The defense should be able to shut down these mediocre mid-tier teams. uh, And that should help the offense succeed in executing any of the, the facets of it. But because these teams are, as you noted, bad at stopping the rush, it's highlighting that difference between playing these teams and playing the Notre Dames and the Miamis. So, Um, You know, regardless of Miami or FSU records, they've got players there that can take advantage over their the differential and their talent and skill. Yeah. um against our line which is overmatched against these more talented faster stronger teams regardless of if those teams are coached well or, yeah. or, or not or in the case of both the notre dame game and even the odu game a particular player having yeah. a really standout game against the yeah. ol which duke duke had that um a, a, i mean there was a guy given uva some trouble on Duke's. I, I, I would look Kwanzaa. yeah um whatever edge rusher for Duke that was getting back there plenty. It's just, it wasn't enough to keep UVA from executing what they wanted to execute. And I think what we're going to see is they're going to be able to do that against Louisville, UNC, Georgia tech, Liberty, Liberty, the big question mark is is the Hokies, right? Because regardless of the Hokies looking pretty bad in most of their games, they're still a notably better roster with a coach who knows how to coach defense, obviously. Um, it's it's going to be, no matter what we see, in these next four games, I'm not going to know either way, are we going to be able to run the ball against Virginia Tech? Yeah, Uh, So unless we see that they're unable to run the ball in the next couple of games, in which case then we'll be pessimistic about um, (laughs) their, their ability to do it against uh, Virginia Tech. But I, again, I don't expect that because I think they're good enough to beat up on the teams that are at or below their level. And that's and who Louisville than, is. That's who UNC is.
1: It's so frustrating to look back at that Miami game for a lot of reasons. Um, and I understand football's hard, playing on the road, even if there's like 12 <laughs> people there in Miami. But Miami having the audacity to go out and lose to Georgia Tech <laughs> in the next game. And not just – I mean, come on. But the ACC that they lost to Georgia Tech was like just so it, – it wasn't – they were like missing ta- – I thought one of the things that Miami did really, really well against Virginia was – play defensively they kept they made it difficult in the red zone like you can we hashed out all the stuff about Mm -hmm. whether it was personnel or play or coaching or whatever in the red zone that led to those issues but Miami also stepped up and made tackles where they had to when you know someone finally got to the edge and it looked like they might have space to get to the end zone they made tackles against Georgia Tech they did not do that and that's what was so frustrating because you look back on that game and it was just Everything's so fine. Like, Virginia's first in the AC – in Coastal. Like, if you tell – if you told us at the beginning of the season that Virginia was 5-2, and 3-1, and one, alone and first in the Coastal, you'd be like, absolutely sign me up. We'll take it. Of course. It's just tough when you look at that game and know on so many levels that it was one that, like, you could easily be 4-0 and have this little bit of breathing room because the ACC, like we always talk about, is, like, just such a nightmare that, you know, Jordan – georgia tech gets a win virginia tech and miami go to six overtimes which actually that that was one of those games where like
0: tech and unc but yeah
1: oh sorry who did i say
0: doesn't matter
1: okay whatever virginia tech and unc went to six overtimes yeah and that was a game that regardless of outcome virginia fans were probably gonna be pretty happy because if unc wins it means virginia tech lost and if unc (laughs) lost then it means that virginia was alone in first place again they you know took that little advantage on unc um, and it is what's fun this year is we can talk about these things like it's not absurd to look at who's playing whom and figure out who needs to beat the other team gotcha. to, you know keep Virginia Virginia has a legitimate shot at winning the Coastal and that's great and that should continue over the next couple of weeks fingers crossed if they play the way because the other thing that we have to look at there's a quote and part of me is like was that a was that an actual strategy and part mm. of me is like okay I get it uh, with Brennan Armstrong back and healthy, and now in the 2D, mm-hmm. we saw what they actually want to be doing with Bryce Perkins.
0: Take more chances. Take
1: more chances, more designed runs. It, you, I think it's undeniable that the game plan against Duke was much more creative than anything I think we've seen this season. So you finally, I thought he finally looked more explosive. He has had the brace off for two weeks now, and I think finally... Bryce Perkins looked more like the Bryce Perkins that we maybe thought we were gonna get, and I'm and I'm not saying he's been bad by any means. Mm-hmm. I think obviously he's no, of carried the team offensively. I think outside of holy crap, Hasis Dubois. If you throw anything near him, he is just. Um, they should have given him that last one on the sideline just because it was that close and that <laughs> impressive. Like the ref should have looked at it and be like, his toe was on the line, but that shit was insane, and just like. <laughs> say like you know, we could correct if we're not going to because it was too cool
0: too good of a um, catch yeah.
1: yeah so i just think that was also interesting so how does that change things going forward so I, i'm really curious and interested to see how this yeah. works against louisville because virginia's offense is not obviously the strong point but louisville's defense is pretty
0: pretty bad yeah well we'll get to that in a second um yeah. but but we, we do want to wrap up uh, the Duke game with a few things before we we, we hand out our two stars, I guess, um, or, or maybe we can agree on a third. Yeah. I'm going to guess on a few people that might not be your stars. That, that we, I want to shout out um, uh, getting his first collegiate catch, Dontavian Wicks, uh, the freshman from Louisiana, uh, had a catch for 12 yards, which I believe is his first catch here at UBA. So that's awesome. Um, but also I want to shout out, if you haven't had a, a chance to look at it, um, there was some film review GIF study uh, from our friend Bennett, uh, the Daily Progress, who has an excellent Twitter feed, uh, relatively new to covering this team. I Shout know for, for the Progress, but he's great yeah. and, and detailed and thorough. Uh, but it really did a good job of highlighting uh, the blocking that some of these running backs <laughs> are doing for <laughs> yes. Perkins or yep. for each other. And you do wonder with uh, the, the guys that they have on the roster who are getting older, Um, you know, being behind Jordan Ellis, who who was probably in a a league of his own. And now they're sort of sharing carries or sharing time in the backfield. And and I think it's just important to, you know, show the peacock back there blocking for folks. Uh, Atkins has played uh, a role in, in, you know, drives here and there, Um, that there is a lot of, of, uh, a lot of viable options in, in the backfield for the hoos and a lot of guys doing a lot of the dirty work back there um so
1: yeah absolutely you shout know, out
0: to I've, them in case they're listening
1: i've said it before um everyone knows my feelings on blocking and especially especially downfield blocking so shout out terrell Jana um, right. for a huge block at the 10-yard line that really allowed joe reed to cut back um, and really the return team they did a great job like there were guys hustling like hauling ass down the field and, and i think it was site uh also yeah. got a really nice block there at the end that was involved with uh and just like hoofing it and if you haven't had a chance to watch the different angles or look at the pictures from the return um you have to see the video of bronco high stepping yeah because it's chef's kiss good
0: excellent a- ab- absolutely yeah. an-, an excellent uh, coaching performance <laughs> <It's on> the,
1: <laughs> and dead, dead face. like not smiling yeah. not like pumping a fist just pumping his arms like he's running high step high knees yeah.
0: all right so uh who are you giving uh, your first star to
1: yeah speaking of returns i'm gonna go joe reed and here's why um first of all he was on uh packer and durham this morning or wednesday morning or thursday morning whatever day we recorded i'm not sure traveling for work really kills you <laughs> um but he is just such a fascinating like such a great dude on top of being really good but what really stands out to me right now is they made a really interesting point on packer and durham this morning they re- they changed the kickoff return rules if you remember a couple years ago
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so some of the he's currently has five career kickoff returns for a touchdown Mm -hmm. um and that is tied like second place or third place um overall seven is the record which i actually thought was like oh is that right that Mm -hmm. sounds weird you know like that kind of thing like wait when um so the new rule came in in 2018 um and that's with, like, the fair catches and, like, all that stuff and results and a touchback. And they've moved things. And, and so some of the guys that were setting the records, um, like Rashad Penny, C.J. Spiller was in 2006. So these are guys that didn't have – didn't play under these same rules that I, I don't want to say – well, they don't really favor the kickoff return. They're trying to make it safer, which I'm not saying I'm anti or for or whatever. But
0: There's just uh, less opportunity to less opportunity. run these yeah. back for touchdowns than Absolutely. there used to be
1: absolutely and so having him um play the way that he has and you know 95 yarder on this one and they've come in moments where it's been you know that was a big touchdown like I said so I'm gonna go with Joe Reed he also added um he's such a versatile player um adding let's see how many receptions he had five receptions for 45 yards um and he's a pretty consistent guy there that we have to help out Joe like that was one of the questions absolutely then a lot of people were like I don't know I don't think anyone can even catch anything from who's going to catch the ball like I had someone like talking to me about that and I was like I don't know I feel like Joe Reed and Aziz Dubois are pretty good actually and it's turned out to be true
0: your faith was rewarded um, I would say and uh, yeah I'm going with Aziz because you got to I mean led the team in in yards uh, receiving with 62 on four catches Uh, but just just it has this great safety net uh, uh, not it, it, more just like confidence that, that Perkins can have that yeah. if it's a 50 50 ball Dubois is gonna win that battle uh, and and that's just such a valuable thing for quarterbacks to to be able to trust yeah my guy's gonna go get it and to not have to know okay, this has to be the perfect uh, amount of space or, or have him be open enough uh, before I feel comfortable throwing it over there. And it's worked out. Um, and it's, a, it's an awesome duo um, that maybe didn't have as much uh, opportunity to stat pad uh, because of all the defensive uh, performance yeah. <laughs> success <laughs> today. If you look at the actual yardage for the offense, um, you know, no one had any uh, receiving touchdowns. Yeah. Bryce only threw for 141, but it all makes sense uh in the story of, short, of the game. A lot of
1: short fields for the for the offense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and speaking of that, we do have to give a third star. I imagine someone on defense. Um
1: I'm leaning towards Joey Blunt. That's who Back I was
0: going to say. All right, Perfect. we're simpatico. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but really if you could if you closed your eyes and picked somebody from the defense, um I think like- Mac,
0: yeah. Uh, um, Mac was- Gam played really well. Yeah, he did. Yeah but yeah. Two yeah tackles
1: for loss I like um, Joey got, Blunt. yeah Charles Snowden Eli Hamback and Mandy Alonzo were the trio that fell on the ball um mm. and got those recovered fumbles and I thought just the defense we've talked to endlessly but yeah, yeah Joey Blunt was fantastic one of the and what I loved about his interception was the he was all alone so it wasn't like he was pulling off a Jesus Dubois like esque. Mm pulling it out of someone else's hands but mm. he was extremely cognizant of where he was on the field to the extent i mean he got his hands under the ball it was a poorly thrown ball that was low mm-hmm. and to no one anywhere on at near anyone on duke's team
0: no it wasn't to, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> he
1: was able to get his hands under it and keep his knee off the ground so that he was uh, not only mm. able to get the reception and get the interception counted but also to pick up all those um yards that he used that the return yards that he got so I thought he was it was a nice play on on replay that he did a nice job there.
0: Absolutely well let's get into the Louisville matchup a little bit uh, it's a, a game that probably uh, favors the Hoos as far as uh, prognosticators and Vegas goes The spread I believe is three and a half uh, for Virginia but Louisville not maybe as Bad as everyone thought they were going to be at the beginning <laughs> of the year,
1: you well, know. Having a coach that isn't horrible, we'll
0: right? Exactly. Like they've they've done pretty well um, against non-excellent uh, uh, competition. Obviously, Clemson's tough and Notre Dame's tough, and they've won every single other game they played except a, a close game uh, against FSU that they did lose on the road. But yeah. beating Wake is no joke, and beating BC, uh, I, I'm not too <laughs> sure considering that Kansas result. <laughs> but the fact is they won both those conference games and still given up 39 points and 59 points in those wins which is insane. just
1: same having yeah. watched them is that's what i'm saying with like that offense is and i'm i was actually really surprised that wake's defense performed that poorly against mm-hmm. louisville but they did lose a couple players um and they had a really weird weather game so i don't know if that was part of it but um that bc game like that Honestly, if you, I, I think it would make more sense if you'd swap the score. So they beat Wake 62-59 for those mm-hmm. of you that haven't been following that. And then uh, they beat BC by two, 41-39. Um, and yeah, like you said, like it's wins are wins, y'all. Like that's, it is what it is. So um, I'm curious to see how, yeah, this team is one that, like we said, coming into the season, like everyone thought they were going to be like left for dead, but Satterfield's turned that yeah. around. Um, I'm curious to see
0: that. what they do with um, their, their passing game. I mean, they've yeah. got uh, Conley and Cunningham playing quarterback for them, both of them, through plenty uh, in both the Wake and Clemson games. Um, but they actually both went four for 11 against Clemson, both with an interception. Uh, against... Wake Forest, the game prior, Conley had 18 attempts to Cunningham, six, uh, but both of them threw for two scores. So um, I I haven't – I'm not going to profess that. I've watched a lot of Louisville, so I don't know if it's something that they're situationally bringing in Cunningham over Conley. Um, I know historically it's it's obviously a joke for UVA fans in particular that multiple quarterbacks uh, usually means you have zero quarterbacks but I don't know if this is um, maybe one of those uh, cases where they're just trying to know for this playset that this is the guy, and for this type of playset that this is the guy. Uh, but the results have been there in, in some of these games for them, regardless. Yeah, um, and
1: this the last couple games, or those not Clemson, but the other two were both a lot of like, "Hey, oh, your third string quarterback's in, so is ours. Let's have fun. Let's get wacky." Mm-hmm. Um, the last two of their non-clemson games could definitely be coastal favorites <laughs> like they just i mean they were at a very coastal field of those games but um so i yeah i'm curious i didn't i couldn't tell any real it didn't seem that they wasn't like they were switching them in and out every series yeah. or whatever so um gotcha but puma pass is out with injury right um, and he would be the guy that originally um but this is a team that you know, Bryce Perkins had a lot of success against last season. Last season, Virginia pretty easily handled them, but I'm not about to try and have that indicate what they think is going to happen for this one because, like I said, it's uh, shocking how much a team performs better for a coach that
0: knows what they're doing. Try for. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, trying to get the nicest way to say this. <laughs> it, is,
0: it is on the road, um, yeah. and it's also the weather is apparently going to be pretty shitty. So, you know, the, the, those are both – equalizers uh to some degree i I mean if you look at Louisville's stats they they accumulate uh, 456 yards a game and they give up 455 yards a game which is nuts um
1: points per game and points allowed per game are exactly the same yeah (laughs) 33.4 so again that's going to be the question for me is like (laughs) this virginia defense versus their offense which is clearly their strong point but is Virginia's offense significantly better than or will they have any success against Louisville's defense? And although pre, I mean, we'll do picks in a minute or whatever, but I, mm. I, I think this will be, I've changed my tune, I guess. Is And granted, when I picked in the preseason, I picked this one because I felt like I'd picked too many wins, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is. This one is, uh, I don't know. I feel like every week now I just don't know what to expect and, it's stressful but fun <laughs> like i don't know it's this really weird bizarre feeling well
0: i i don't think anyone would claim um that louisville's o-line is great um but i i think if you're throwing around uh, a comparison they they're, they're just as good as, as uva is and their running back is uh it up for the yeah. most part um and it, Javian JV and Hawkins, and he's a freshman, uh, but he's got 751 yards on this. He's, he's averaging five and a half uh, per carry. Uh, I mean, this could be something in a wet, gross game. Yeah. That they try and control the number of possessions. They don't put it in the hands of inexperienced quarterbacks uh, who threw a bunch of interceptions against Clemson last week right. when they're facing UVA, who they know is going to be pretty stellar uh, on defense. it's just a question of can they possibly stop Virginia and what we've seen historically is that this offense here at UVA does not like playing in the rain very much (laughs) so uh, there there does uh, there are things that line up uh, against the Hoos uh, not even just considering it's a road ACC game and I never believe we're going to win (laughs) those. so you know I don't it's a hard one to pick like you're saying who who knows what's going to happen but um, Man,
1: remember the time though like when Virginia could not win any road ACC games? That sucked. I'm glad that like
0: literally didn't literally win. Zero. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yes, I remember. I remember those. That sucked. Those I like the or back whatever. To that. Yeah. yeah it was, but
1: <laughs> I mean, it was like that again, like that in basketball. We had to one in the state of Florida for like huh. 17 decades and you're like, "Why?"
0: <laughs> I think uh, I'll I'll go ahead and go first with predictions. Um in and that back to what we were saying at the beginning i think we're seeing that uva should be able to exercise its will and execute its game plan against teams that it is better than and i think louisville fits into that category so i do think uh virginia should be able to win by 10 Um, And it might be a lot less than that. And again, this isn't full confidence, as you can hear. Um, But I would pick something because it's in the rain, maybe like, uh, let's go 24-14. And just sort of a a bit of a a slugfest that maybe UVA scores in the fourth quarter to make it uh, 10 points instead of three and holds on there.
1: I'm thinking, so yeah, originally I said a loss because I had picked a lot of dubs at this point and I thought that they were going to drop one on oh, the road. I um, picked
0: all the correct dubs. and.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah.
0: Still winning, yeah.
1: Did you? No, you didn't pick
0: Pitt. <laughs> I did too. I did too, absolutely. Go back, check the ch- okay. tapes.
1: Check the tapes, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to switch it up. I think that Virginia is going to win this one. I think it's going to be, with the weather... Originally, when I did the Q and A, I think I said because looking at those numbers, like I think that Louisville is going to find a way to score some points, but I think it's going to be something along the lines of like a thirty-eight twenty-four type thing. Mm. um But with the weather, maybe not. <laughs> so, um, but you
0: know, it's like uh, the weather might lead to turnovers, might lead to short, short fields. You know, short. yeah, it could so be. I think it could ridiculous. be low
1: thirties to low twenties is kind of mm-hmm. what. I'm thinking um so but all of that as you can tell again yes very confident in my choices um yeah this is a big this is a big one just because any ACC is so weird and now you've got I like looking at the landscape of like what other games yeah. are going on this week and like you've got AC, um, UNC Duke is going on and that's a huge one for the standings yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: The goal is win the Coastal, right? I mean, that's in general the goal at this point, especially coming after this Duke game where we we sort of regrouped after a a Miami loss. But they're not going to win the Coastal if they drop uh, two more, I would think. You know, they're just too many other teams. Who knows? I mean, Operation 4-4 and is something thrown around where um, most of – the fans of coastal teams out there are hoping that every coastal team will go 4-4 in the hastily. UVA is the only one that's at 3-1. and one. It's the only coastal team with three conference wins right yeah. now. Um, so the fact that they have Georgia Tech hopefully is a win, but again, they, they, they yeah. did beat Miami, so we don't know. Anyway, UVA is the most likely to ruin this Operation 4-4 and
1: Fingers crossed, because I would really like to not go one and three down the stretch.
0: Well, um, what I want to avoid is uh, you need to win these games against teams you should beat, so that the Coastal doesn't come down. Yes, breaking Virginia Tech yes, game.
1: Agreed, 100. <laughs> I want nothing to be on the line against that Virginia in that Virginia yeah. Tech game, except other
0: than the rivalry and the, yeah. the streak. Like, right. I don't want
1: yeah. that to be it. I don't want like you know, there's yeah. been years past where they need to win to get a bowl game. They've needed to win yeah. to. Win the division, or finish ahead of them in the division, or keep Tech out of a bowl game—whatever it is. Like, don't care. Just go win the Coastal and just do. It. Like, yeah, you Virginia Tech is off this week, so like UNC Duke is a big one, and then Pitt Miami um, is also a big one. So every UVA fan should be hard rooting for Miami on this one um, because Pitt right now is actually like super comp- competent. Sure. Um, and somehow virginia tech, and miami well, not only somehow. has
0: room for one more loss or else they ruin operation for
1: right five. exactly um and somehow i mean not somehow i know how they played two fcs teams tech is also five and two um so really just in general like the coastal is just being very coastal right now but it's fun and exciting because we're in Front.
0: <laughs> well usually we're rooting for the top teams to lose some so that we can be you know getting up to four and four right. and, and four and four is best case scenario it is nice that uh we're hoping to better that and even get bowl eligible uh this weekend which i think we all expect it to be bowl eligible by the end of the season regardless yeah. um but we, man it, it just is another great example of where this program has come in in just a few short years the bowl eligibility is almost a given at this point knock on wood (laughs) yeah and honestly that's something that we
1: brought up or talked about being on the verge of because usually this is so far late in the season that there's like well we have got to win one of the last two to get bowl eligible or whatever it is so yeah they they've got it's nice it's fun it's just it's, good. it's
0: good it's yeah. good that we're not terrible um, <laughs> yeah. and hopefully we're good this weekend but uh before we close up let's talk a little bit uh about a couple other sports uh first off the the footy um the, the, we'd like to give our, our our other football updates here the men are no longer undefeated big they, old losers just they, lost, they, <laughs> they lost did the lose game. a conference game to pit um on alumni weekend here in town uh, so they had they were celebrating uh some of the national championships from the 90s and and they dropped one but they they, they stormed back on tuesday to beat the billikens of San yeah, louis and they louis. crushed
1: the billikens too they were like yeah sorry guys we're
0: taking this all out on you yeah we, not we a- really we didn't talk about that jmu game um uh, which is a bit of a rivalry game uh, yeah and uh,
1: it was a good game too yeah
0: uh and, and to win that against a ranked if, if you're listening you don't know jmu's a, a legit uh soccer team for sure they ranked uh top 25 and the who's beat them and speaking of rankings the commonwealth cup is friday 7 p.m in blacksburg Against the ranked Virginia Tech team, so a huge, yeah. huge opportunity there to make a statement and to, uh, you know, get some momentum in the conference back before the soccer championships start. Um, that's November sixth is the uh, men's soccer ACC championship first round. Uh, so after Blacksburg, uh, they'll have a week off before hosting Carolina here in Charleston on Senior Day. Uh, you want to take the women's update?
1: Yeah the ladies are still cruising still number one still undefeated
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: they are playing tonight as we record it is thursday they're playing louisville who's a top 15 team um so yeah they're still just really really good um which (laughs) is very fun and you know you're getting outstanding performances from laurel ivory and goal who has given up a grand total of, let's see. I'll I just, think it's I'll like
0: negative five goals. I don't <laughs> Yeah. <no.
1: laughs> uh, the team as a whole has given up four goals all season, um, Ridiculous. which is insane. And, you know, this is a team that's 12-0-3. So to give up four goals and score 45 um, is just utter domination. Um, and she's had several clean sheets um and i think is closing in on a record for like school record or you know how many shutouts and all that good stuff so um definitely go give them some support they've got a similar thing coming up with schedule wise um after louisville had the host boston college head to syracuse to end the season and then november 3rd um they will host most likely host first round of the ACC tournament
0: <laughs> excellent
1: yeah the ACC is weird with their losses though mm-hmm. or not losses with their ties they're technically like in third <laughs> in the standings so like they might be number one in the country and not end up number one mm-hmm. in the ACC tournament um, because Carolina is 6-0-1 and Florida State is 6-1 with that one loss being to Virginia their win percentages are higher than Virginia's so just fun facts with weird soccer stuff,
0: craziness, yeah. and uh the basketball preseason stuff came out uh, from the media. Uh, the men are preseason number eleven in the country.
1: Yeah, number eleven in the AP poll, number nine in the coaches poll. um Both of those might be a little bit
0: high. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. So many people <laughs> ask me, "So how about the preseason poll?" And I every single one I couldn't tell. Are you saying it's too low or it's too high? Well, I
1: mean, Kempom has them at five. I know there's still some last season data that's like potentially. And
0: I get it. I know we're all expecting a step back for, for obvious roster related reasons. But I do understand the idea that it's like, well, everyone's had massive turnover sure. and this is the defending national champion and it they didn't lose everybody. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, yeah. exactly. So why aren't they get, they're getting a little more uh, respect just out of the gates preseason yeah. are stupid <laughs>
1: yeah none of it matters I, but. Um, yeah. I do think this is this one is a shout out for all the uh, when is Virginia going to get some respect people out there and that's now because yeah if any if many other coaches had lost what Virginia lost um, and you know is focusing on having I mean the recruiting class coming in is good their top 25, Casey Morsell, mm-hmm. Caden Shedrick. You got Justin McCoy as last, a last minute switch from Penn State. I'm excited to see him play. Um, and then obviously adding Tomas. And, but these are unknown quantities.
0: Unleashing like, Jay Huff. Thing, yeah, and man. Jay Huff's
1: got a lot of attention. This is first year that he's been able to practice the entire offseason. You know, last year he was coming off the shoulder mm-hmm. surgery. Um, and then obviously bringing back Diakite, and you know national champion kihei clark (laughs) um so it's going to be interesting the question will go back to where will they get points from um yeah and i think that's a legitimate it's a legitimate question how are the new guys going to fit into the defense right away um will the three-point line being backed up make any huge difference um and honestly i keep doing this and i do not mean to it's not a slight racks and keys back and that kid's good as hell yeah we
0: do keep forgetting to talk about he's just he he is the quintessential silent assassin (laughs) like like he just goes for eight points eight boards maybe yeah it plays good defense and just has that perfect stoic look on, on his <laughs> face, where and you don't re- realize what he's doing. But um there's I rumors think...
1: that you could get Cody Statman starting, which I don't yeah think yeah that would be. I, you, I would not have guessed that in a million no. years. So, um, and if that's the case, then that means he worked his ass off and he earned it. Like if... we all know better, like than anyone else, that Code, uh, that Bennett's not going to start somebody that's not ready mm-hmm. to play.
0: My my quick question is if we uh Flash forwarded to the end of this basketball season. Yeah. Do you think UVA would be as high as 11 in the final rankings?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. That's really tough, like not having.
0: Yeah, Steve obviously, obviously anything could happen. I'm just, I would be very surprised, pleasantly surprised, if UVA finishes in the top 12. Yeah, if uh, I, I just think they're going to lose some ACC games, you know, and so, yeah. like and, and and unless they go on another awesome run, which which you know tends to impact uh the final rankings the tournament does. Yeah, I, I don't know. They might they might be as good as a Sweet Sixteen team, which I think would be an excellent thing. They might be as <laughs> yeah, good as, as as you know you, the tournament. Anything can happen. You get hot. Your guys come together. You make a Final Four. I'm not yeah. calling that right now or anything, <laughs> but uh, you know, Sweet Sixteen s- seems to be like a, a good goal, a good that would, expectation. Yeah,
1: I, would stand up. I think that'd be huge,
0: and that's potentially outside the top eleven or twelve in I ranking. Think, so,
1: um, if I were doing. It's funny because when I open all of them, I'm like, ah, oh, 12 or 11, oh, right. what are you, <laughs> so low, like, whatever, it's kind of jokingly in my mind, but uh, I think probably if I, if I had my own rankings, I'd probably put them, like, maybe, like, closer to 15, 16, like, in that, mm-hmm. in with potential that they'd move up to the 11 to 12 range by the end of the season. I don't know that they'll necessarily finish at or higher than where they are now, but I think that they'll still be a top 25 team by the time the season. Yeah, you know,
0: And I think one thing it speaks to is that not that right now you can look at a roster and say there are – more than 10 teams better than uva you might you might find more to make a good argument for um but in in general everyone loses so much anyway and this was you know the national champion best team (laughs) in the country last year there's no (laughs) reason there's no reason to drop them down below some of these teams but you gotta imagine that there's some really good teams out there that by by the time things get going are going to finish really good that we don't expect right now so
1: 100 we
0: could also be completely wrong and this could be a final four caliber team that's that's just plugging in somewhere you know uh (laughs) i just don't
1: think he wants to do it so i just don't
0: know what we don't know what to see in the backcourt so i'm not gonna have this blind faith in a backcourt that is a Clark and a bunch of guys who've never played before you know so I, I don't mean to be pessimistic I think the I team's don't think going win is. plenty of games too and yeah. like I said I think that's that sweet 16 level is probably a fair expectation
1: you're saying about the same stuff that coach Bennett said at like media day so I think that's mm-hmm. pretty accurate until you see in heads up folks I know we've been putting out some stuff about the schedule but there's a legitimate shot chance that this team goes 0 and 2 in the ACC to start the season, like, and that's not unacceptable to freak out about, <laughs> like, because playing at Syracuse is a tough test right out the gate.
0: No, it's um. not. <laughs> you, you, you saw last year.
1: True. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> kidding.
0: Was, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was
1: Braxton that was like.
0: <laughs> Don't tweet at me.
1: No, <laughs> Braxton was like, well we we shot pretty well there so if we can do that again <laughs> this year that was fun <laughs> and i was yeah. like yeah we also had three really 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 good nba quality shooters but um but yeah then unc um is the second one that's tough stuff but if i was looking in, in doing some of those pieces you know virginia does get uh florida state twice again this year um that's a team that could be top five or six in the acc um or and, higher or higher yeah um And, uh, you know, you you got one-offs with the – have to make sure I don't – there's a few that – but I think they only play Georgia Tech once, only play Wake once, only play, you know, the Clemsons once. Um, But it's just – It'll all be very, very interesting. I think so.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll dig into a little more um, around the conference and, and the roster. Obviously, we've got a lot of these posts going through for our big preview on the blog. So if you want, if you want that in reading written format <laughs> and, instead of uh, into your ears, uh, we'll, we'll come at it from all sides on the blog as far as <laughs> big preview. But certainly, a podcast coming up soon because uh, the season starts a lot closer than it feels like. So so soon so soon but uh stay tuned to that blog uh, streaking the uh for your previews for the duke game still or sorry the louisville game still <laughs> and uh some reactions afterwards and more uh basketball content as well but uh until next week for everybody at the blog i am pierce go hoops <laughs>